I'm Donna Arky, and this is a Harry Home Companion. I'm her suit, cute, and incredibly stoned. Each episode, I try my damnedest to host a nice little comedy talk show while more blasted than Hunter S. Thompson's ashes when they were shot out of a cannon during his funeral in 2005. Uh, I guess... Gonzo journalism, Gonzo funeral, like Gonzo, my bitch, leave me alone. I don't know. I don't know what it. Uh. Anyways, depending on the weed and the mood, I can do each segment no problem. Other times, I won't be able to make it through, and who knows how it'll end up or where I'll go. That's why we start off each episode with retractions and corrections. Where I correct mistakes, answer questions brought up in the previous episode, or tell you what I was trying to say in last week's segment but was too high to get through to. Uh, this week's retractions and corrections. Last week's episode was recorded live at Silver Sprocket Comics. That's comics with an X, because the X stands for exceptional customer service or exorcisms I can't really tell it seems like a mix of both over there and yeah that's Silver Sprocket Comics in San Francisco just in case there's like some sort of illegal offshore Silver Sprocket Comics in the Cayman Islands you never know uh, clearly very mysterious here uh, you should go pay them a visit and then buy stuff so they can get paid. I don't know. I don't know how to do a commercial as clearly illustrated for the last 1.2 billion episodes of this show. Just in case you're just tuning in, you know, the, the your life's, you know, it's like that one, those movies by that Frenchy guy where they're like, what if all of these people's lives intertwine in like a, like various way, like code unknown, those the name of the movie. You look that up, this is internet radio, damn it. Don't, I'm, I'm too fucking high to explain this, whoever this movie man is to you, or really much more about it, but you know, that kind of movie, and like, you know, because like, you know, you, just happened to walk past like you know you know you you didn't know you didn't expect that you were walking past by you know Ronald Reagan's ghost and like somehow that like and Ronald Reagan didn't notice you but you both were on like different paths like in your fate that led you to this moment where you the listener uh happened to tune in to bff.fm at this time, you know, like, and you heard that, and you're like, I don't, I had no concept of what the show was before, but because, like, I accidentally bumped shoulders, you know, with Ronald Reagan's ghost in the room, something, I don't know how to say Frenchy words, um, but it's an allegory about life and fate and makes you think. I don't know, like, well, that happened to you, and then, you know, I would, you know, (laughs) 
Go to Silver Sprocket Comics because they have excellent. The X in comics is for excellent exorcisms. You need one, clearly. Anyway, so we recorded live there and it was a good time and I'd love to do it again, again. And uh, yeah, let's do it again. See you somehow, some way. Uh. Yeah, oh, but because of that, because of this, you know, because a ghost uh, can't read the audio away, like, like I said, exorcisms at Silver Sprocket Comics, where the X, again, is for exorcisms, um, you know, you get, you get ghouled, you get, you get poltergeisted, you get bewitched, and so we don't have the audio up. On, you can't play it back right now, but eventually, sometime this upcoming week, it will manifest from the ether into this mortal veil, and you'll be able to listen to it again. Um, and then yeah, and I feel so bad for everyone who you know, because of the chain of events from you know meeting, you know. You just happen to, like, get on the bus at the same time, like, a certain kind of endangered butterfly, you know, flies past the bus, and then you inadvertently shape the fate of humanity because of the way your lives intertwine. Like, the bus driver saw that rare butterfly and was like, huh, makes you think about the fragility of life. I guess I should just end it all and drive every this entire bus off the cliff and you know that's the kind of french movies that you know explain the situation that brought you here to even tune into the show because i don't know why you do it on purpose um but yeah if you want to do it on purpose uh this is the show uh from last week's episode uh, it'll happen soon. I will announce it, or you'll figure it out. You'll just maybe, you know, when you're trying to copy and paste, you know, the website for my show to send it to, like, the human rights lawyer that you hired to try to shut this shit down, because clearly, what is the thing that tells you, like, yeah, the, the, the thing that's like, you can't cuss on the radio, FDA is like, this is, these are inhumane conditions. You know, for this, this slaughter, we don't want that. Uh, yes, the, 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 you know, they'll be reaching out to me shortly. They have a legal letterhead they're using, and, um, yeah, you're just copying, pasting to be like, see, this is... Here's the website. You can use this in court. Uh, the Geneva, like the Geneva Conventions or whatever, or wherever, whatever. I'm stoned to the bone. Damn it. Um, that's the whole gimmick of this show. So, yeah. Give it to the human rights lawyer. You'll sue me. I get it. Anyways, yeah. Uh, next retraction, I don't know why I'm, like, so upset at you for this hypothetical, like, situation where you're suing, you know, you're gonna take me to court (laughs) for, like, these human rights violations. But 
those are the mysteries of life. Uh, and no, if you know, no, again, if you're just tuning in, who knows? To a Harry Home Companion here on BFF.FM. Don't worry, this isn't like their noise show channel, you know, the show. Like, these aren't all like weird clips of like some old transatlantic man, because for some reason I love to imitate one lately. This is the cycle my life is going through. Uh, and I, you know, love talking like I'm some sort of Puritan preacher lately, too. I don't know why. But that's the kick I'm on. It'll shift eventually. Humans are strange. We go through phases. I definitely do. And you always, like, catch yourself at the peak of them. But then you never really notice the transition into the next weird, you know, thing you're gonna emulate or for funsies or, you know, maybe you'll pick up a vocal fry for a little bit. That's just humans. They're such... We're such weird social little uh, freakos. Anyways, uh, next retraction and correction. This is not related to last week's episode. This is just more, you know, housekeeping, right? Uh, things you need to bring up for the greater good. Uh, which is that a new drag name for a good home has emerged. Uh, Brazilianaire, like a bazillionaire or a billionaire, but either a, 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 a billionaire of like, like, you know, there's a lot going on with the Brazier. It is in the billions in the, in, in terms of size and stature or you know who, who or they are just you know getting there's i don't know maybe you're some sort of sorcerer and your unholy powers are manifested through hoarding thousands and thousands and thousands of bras you are the wizard of bras and you would be a brazilianaire Brazilianaire too. Just as much as Dolly Parton, or if you know me in person, you know this to be true. Me or Angeline of sizes and stature of bra. Like you could be either a wizard or one of us afflicted individuals. Uh so yeah, come on down to the red show. I don't know what to tell you. Anyways, um, yes, <laughs> I don't like talking about the situation when I'm stoned on the air. I don't get so embarrassed. Anyways, um, you know, on that note, on corrections to be made, the only retraction and correction is more of an ad addendum, I think, from... But I ver- I don't remember anything from last week's show. But I feel like this was brought up at some point. And um I uh, I think it's I don't know if it's it's a bit of a correction in a way, but it's more of like a, cor- a little like 
I could have been more specific. Here's a little extra information, which is that, did you know there actually is a hobo code of ethics? An ethical code was created by Tourist Union number 63, a hobo union created in the mid-1800s to dodge anti-vagrancy laws which did not apply to union members and is honestly the most hobo ethic I've ever heard of. Like, there they go, they're doing it. Uh, was, these are the, well, you know, these are the, this is the ethic hobo code that was created in the, at the 1889 National Hobo Convention. And there's 16, so we'll have to go through every single one, because I think, they're, yeah, they're they're interesting. It's it's a fascinating document. There's an, you know, you don't have to agree with it, but there's like some things in there that are like very strikingly, you know, pertinent, and you're like, dang, yeah, they're right. So good job. Uh, union, Taurus Union number 63 in 1889 uh, the, the, at the National Hobo Convention which, and this is, these are the 16 rules, 16 hobo commandments. Number one on this stone tablet, decide your own life. Don't let another person run or rule you. Number two, one in town Always respect the local law and officials and try to be a gentleman at all times. Uh, I'm sure uh, we don't like cops on this show, but like, maybe they're more like, uh, do it so they don't bother you, you know, or maybe I'm just projecting my contemporary anxieties and agendas onto the past. I don't know. Well, let's just keep reading the hobo ethic ethical hobo code for ethical hoboism is ology yes this is we're, we're learning here we're learning i've taught you so much i've taught you my own personal we you know i don't do the three r's i don't do reading writing arithmetic i don't teach about that here i do the three s's Sex, steak, and cigars. You've learned that. But now I'm learning you some freaking hobo ethical codes. So this you're doing, you know, this is fabulous. Like, good for your childhood development. We're doing it. Anyways, uh, yeah. If you're just tuning in and you're like, I had no idea what that person said. Was that some kind of psychobabble? I heard childhood development. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand what's going on. No, don't worry. That is not the problem you're having. It's me, Don Arky, the hosted who is toasted. Why try guys when you could high guy as in me, the high guy. Uh, the radio show, I, I host the radio show on BFF.FM called The Harry Home Companion, um, where I, you know, am stoned and in, you know, in order to provide you, you know, a healthy, you know, spiritual 
upbringing, a la Pete Walker of the Tao Fully Feeling. Uh, I'm learning, teaching you about the Hobo Code of Ethics. And that's good for you, and you're welcome. So even if you're frightened and you're like, oh boy, that AI show on here is malfunctioning. Did anybody notice? <laughs> what do we do? Um, no, we're okay. We're doing great. Anyway, so yeah, I guess I already did rule number two. Uh, rule number three is don't take advantage of someone who is in a vulnerable situation, uh, locals or other hobos. Rule number four, always try to find work, even if temporary, and always seek out jobs nobody wants. By doing so, you not only help a business along, but ensure employment should you return to that town again. Hobo rule commandment number five. When no employment is available, make your own work by using your added talents and crafts. Six, uh, do not allow yourself to become a stupid drunk and set a bad example for locals' treatment of other hobos. Seven, when jungling in town, respect handouts and do not wear them out. Another hobo will be coming along that will need them as badly, if not worse, than you. Uh, uh, there's so many. Oh, uh, but they're, you know, you gotta learn with the hobos, like, like all the hobos, they hopped the trains with their bindle stiffs full of hope and ambition down to the- where did they- what? Okay, I'm a little curious. What happened during the 1889 Hobo Convention? I bet it was like a really freaking good time. Oh yeah, whoa! Uh, huh, there's some discrepancies in the age of the National Hobo Convention because this is saying that this code of ethics was at the f was developed as the first one in 1889 but I think like a vain Hollywood starlet or maybe anti maybe not vain because they added a year to their age just to be like you know I'm s instead of being like ah, I'm still in my 40s because you can get away with that when you're 49, technically. They don't have to say 50 yet. But this person's like, no, I'm loud and proud. And we love all ages. Not, not in a creepy way, in a fuck ageism way. Here, on a hairy home companion with me, Don Arky, the show where I'm stoned to the bone. These bones get put into a coffin of the cacophonous loud noise show of a show which is just a lot of noise and little to show here on a hairy home companion on bff.fm you know this is what your donations lead this is what you all created you created this monster well 
I guess next week I'll tell you the rest of the hobo code. Or you can just freaking look it up. I'll figure it out one way or the other. But it's a lot to read. And I still have a lot to tell you about. So we'll, you know... We're gambling, baby. We're gamblers. Sometimes you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And you know that what a song for the 1880. I mean, it's about a train. Hobos love trains. That's how they get around. Anyways, it's all working. It's like that French film, you know. All of these blatherings intersected at this one moment to make you think about fate and humanity and what it means to be human on earth uh one of those kind of frenchy films but for talking about hobos um but on the opposite end of the spectrum uh the next retraction and correction is about the young adult fictions a children's it says children's novel written and illustrated by el konigsberg that was published by Anthenum. I don't know how to say that. A-T-H-E-N-E-U-M. Athenium? What is that? Like some kind of... Okay. No, I have to do this retraction and correction. Um, anyways. Um, it was, it was called Up from Jericho Tell. And it is a book written and illustrated, but... I don't know if they, I guess that they did the cover. I don't think there were other illustrations of the book. I'm um, in my first edition. Ooh, I just got what was cheapest on eBay. I'm not rich. I wasn't like, <gasps> I need the signed first edition copy of Up From Terror Hotel by uh, author E.L. Konigsberg. K-O-N-I-G-S-B-U-R-G. Uh, wrote the mixed up files that for some reason when I was a kid, I, my brain switched the L and the I, so I kept thinking it was like the mixed up flies of, um, and it takes so much mental power to like not say the mixed up flies. Uh, I remember being like, where are the flies? When I was reading the book for the first time to my older sister, she was like, what flies? And I was like, it's about mix of flies. I want to know, like, you know, did they resolve it? Did they get them set straight? Do the, or do the flies know what they want now? And uh, my older sister was like, no, it's mixed up files, but I still want to say mixed up flies very strongly. But it takes so much mental power to not say mixed up flies that I don't remember the rest of the book title. But anyways, it's about kids who run away and live in the museum. And I was like a great exit strategy, genius. I could gone girl myself. If I use the powdered hand soap that still exists, in 1990s suburban bay area you know you know i don't think they had you very rarely saw like but much more than you see now like the dry like soap that you like get out of the dispenser and wash your hands with but i was like i remember reading that part and being like ah that's so genius like using hand soap to wash my hair in a water fountain so I can live in the museum just in case. 
You never know. I think Neil Konigsberg, especially if you you didn't, you know, not all of you, some of you, bless you, turn, tune in every 7 p.m. every Sunday to listen to me, Donarchy of a Hairy Home Companion, go into Trauma Narratives live for your Roman Emperor, like, level of, like, degeneracy, you know, listening pleasure. You ghouls, you're like, thumbs down! You know, oh, let's send in a bear after this hairy person. You know, like, the gladi- like, it's not gonna be fun. The gladiators of the psyche. Um, anyways, yeah. You... But, yeah, I, what was I even talking about? No! Oh, wait, well, first of all, to continue, shame on you for tuning in week after week. But yeah, you, if you can't, you know, you can't listen back to the episode to know what I talked about last week. Well, now you know I talked about this book by E.L. Konigsberg, which... And then as I was going to say, but then I interrupted myself, I am so stoned to the bone. It's revolting, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm like, damn, Yellow Konigsberg, I think, really cared about little gay and or trans kids, because these are some messages and, you know, characters that you're like... I see you're on our side, and, and so this is a book I genuinely loved as a child who <coughs> unfortunately was also very interested at, in old Hollywood at a very young age when I was like, Mommy, can I go to the librarium to check out a, a vehicular a home? What does VHS stand for? in this, for some reason when I'm like a little London urchin, um, and you know, some prissy little freaking kid in Fairfield being like, I wanna go get, you know, Buster Keaton and like, Tallulah Bankhead movies from the library because on that note of Tallulah Bankhead, cause I'm just ungracefully doing it cause I don't wanna run out of time. Cause I got a crazy, like the world's rarest wacky fact is in, going to be in this episode if I can get to it, damn it. Um, but yeah, the, this book is the, from Jericho Tell by Yale Konigsberg. And you'll be like, ah, besides teaching kids how to get away with living at the art museum, because that's of course where a normal, normal heterosexual child would choose to make their hideout, um... This, 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 this is a role model that they should know about. And the role model in Eel Konigsberg, old Eelies, old Eel boy, I don't know their gender, but I'm like, like I said last week, you can't help but they, them, them, or be like their gender. Also speculative. I wouldn't say fiction. And that would be like, I would then also be 
replicating the same misreading of gender troubles by Judith Butler as uh, so many people did, and they're like, did you know gender this, this? Then they had to publish, like, another thing, kind of being like, you guys misunderstood what I wrote, but it's like, yo, like, yeah, have you read Gender Troubles by Judith Butler? Like, you can't fucking read it. I don't know what it's saying. Of course people misread it, you dingus. Like, and then they're like, oh, I I wrote, I write in a really obtuse way so that it makes you think about how gender is doing some things. And I'm like, no, just make it easy. Then if gender's so complicated, then write easy. Then that, that's the real, like, that'd be the real. I'm just like, you just like to do that thing. That's how you know I have a master's in women and gender studies. I go on these tangents. Um, but anyways, no more tangents. I have to tell you this very fast. Do donations and then tell you the world's rarest wacky fact. In my opinion, I don't know if it's actually the world's rarest, but I haven't, you don't really hear it popping up. And then I'm hoping that by telling this world's rarest wacky fact, I will continue in the tradition of accidentally killing people with my radio show episodes. And if you're just tuning in and you're like, okay, I knew it. This is some coast to coast AM shit. This is like someone calling in to, you know, being like, yes, I have these unholy psychic powers where I am, uh, you know, the grim reaper, but of, but uh, through wacky facts. This is someone who could use it. I'm hoping violently, but we'll see, you know. Let's manifest that together here on a Harry Home Companion with me, Don Arky, on BFF.fm, where these stoned bones, uh, hope some bones end up, end up under some tombstones real soon. But uh, speaking of things under tombstones, back to the wacky fact, Up From Jericho Tell by E.L. Konigsberg is a book that I loved as a child. And this book, by the way, uh, publishers, damn it, it says Athenaeum Books is what published it. But now it's saying Simon & Schuster published it. What is going on? What's with all these inconsistencies? But this book is recommended by the publisher, Simon & Schuster. Uh, for readers ages 10 to 14, which is, I was about 10 when I read it, and I was like, aha, a good book. Uh, I love old Hollywood, I'm 10. This isn't gonna prove to be problematic for me in any way. Um, it's, it's about an 11-year-old girl, Jean-Marie Troxell, and a boy, Malcolm Sue, who unfortunately has, like, a lot of... Like, like, he's like, E.L. Konigsberg has a real whimsical way of using racial stereotypes. You'll see. It's, I read it again, and I'm like, that's not good. And I kind of was like, I feel like, I hope I knew better at the time, because I was like, Claudia from the Babysitter's book, like, she's an East Asian character. 
but she's really shitty at math, like I am. Also an ethnic, a kind of an ethnic minority where they expect you to be really good at math in school because it's like, you know, this is clearly Fiddler on the Roof happening. All these traditions, you know, all this expectation of what your job's supposed to be. Like, if you're an Iranian, you're only allowed to be a tinker, tailor, soldier, or spy. It sucks, man. But anyways, the other tradition is not getting through retractions and cor- corrections here in Anatevka, so let's move it along and get back to them, because I really want to tell you this wacky fact. I can't do this to me. So anyways, I don't know if I knew better, but here's the hoping I did. Um... Well, anyways, Jean Marie and Malcolm, uh, bury dead animals, and you know, I'm, I have a feeling that with what you're gonna hear next, if this is new to you, um, and what you're gonna be reminded of, if this is not new to you, and you're gonna be like, oh, I remember, I remember when it was revealed that was, I changed forever, uh, you know knowing that something like this exists. Um, but anyways, uh, you're gonna be like, did they name the Jean-Marie Troxel character after the ballerina from a previous episode about the horrible movie Hans Christian Andersen starting the wonderful Jean-Marie 1950s ballerina lady when Hollywood was like, we gotta push big ballerina. We're in big ballerina's pocket. Every movie that's in Technicolor will have a ballerina. Like, we're gonna have Jean-Marie, we're gonna have that one lady, what's her name, also, well, she was in the movie, uh, Lily, what's her name, I don't remember, but there was a lot of, they loved it, they were like, we got, this is gonna work, like, we're gonna make a ballerina star, and in the pictures, uh, you know, the 50s, and I'm, I'm sure that's who this character is named after because Jean Marie and Malcolm, after opening up their very own DIY animal cemetery, um, they f- bury a Dalmatian, and then the Dalmatian uh, takes them into another world below the surface where they stumble into the grave of. The departed Tallulah Bankhead. Yes, that Tallulah Bankhead. And she sends them on missions uh, such as getting her more cigarettes. And, uh, but she's mostly making them, trying to help them find a stolen diamond of hers, the Regina Stone. It was a necklace she had. And, uh, yeah, they, 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 like, tell, they, they look for her stolen diamond, um, but they always are like, don't worry, we got a packet of unfiltered melocrinos for you, like, baby, like, we gotcha, and she always makes Malcolm light her cigarettes, and he's always like, you shouldn't smoke, it's bad for your health, and it's like, She's dead, but that, I think that's the humor of it. And Tallulah's always just like, ugh. But, uh, yeah, that, that 
that's kind of the nature of the book. It's like if Tallulah Bankhead and two, you know, little misfit. Oh, yeah, they're both latchkey children. Like, you know, which at the time was very, you know, like oh, a latchkey child. What is. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, they suffer the most. And I mean, like, it's, 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 it's not fun, but it was like, you know. Who's, they were like the most abject children that who could be, you know, thought of in young adult fiction at the time. Um, anyways, on the, to quote, I think, I don't know if this is the official write-up from like the back of the book or just who, whatever they wrote it on Wikipedia, but like it does... This does summarize the book. I'll just read it directly. On their way, they find in the Alpon Jericho Hotel where two children, Jean Marie and Malcolm, uh, go on errands for Tallulah Banghead. Uh, what? Well, instead of just getting her cigarettes, they also look for her stolen jewels. And they find on their way, they find more than just objects. They find the meeting. A friendship and what it takes to be a star. And if you're like, wait, Tallulah, you're either, if you're the average listener of the show, you're like, oh my god, that Tallulah Binghead. But if you're not, or you also could be the average listener of this A Hairy Home Companion with me, Donna Arkey, here on BFF.FM, just in case you're just tuning in, uh, you might also, I don't know what... I have no idea who any of you are. I know a few of you, but I don't know you all. Um, you should re- say hi to me on my Instagram, which is uh, a.harry.home.companion, because why not have a very long Instagram name and that probably gets me shadow banned because... Uh, all of my, I have to abbreviate, um, my radio show because it gets named on Twitter and stuff because it gets censored, and I was like, what the fuck, why does this keep happening, like, if this isn't sensitive material, why is it marked as such, and then someone very rightfully pointed out, like, well, you have the words Harry, home, and companion, like, you're just probably getting auto-flagged because it's like, uh-oh. Not that kind of hairy home companion. Um, anyways, yeah, so you can follow me there where I, like, you know, am digging my own grave in more ways than one, but back to the book that takes place in Tallulah Bankhead's grave. Anyways, and then I'll get to the donations and then, um, rare swacky fact <coughs> in the world according to me I could be wrong I think it is but I don't know if yeah if it legitimately is or not but we'll just say it because sex sells baby and speaking of sex sells and um someone who is like sex on the cellular level Tallulah Bankhead is yeah that's her ghost in that book and it, 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 it's it, Tallulah Bankhead like if you don't know her 
If you've ever kind of seen the trope of the like, you know, quick-witted uh, uh, actress with a low voice being like, yes, darling, darling. That's who she is. Uh, she's another pop culture thing that you might be able to be like, oh, okay, I can make the connection to the kind of vibe she was, even though ironically she was a big animal lover. Um, she was the inspiration for Cruella DeVille. Um, so if you don't know who she is because you've never seen the little foxes, um, or just are, you know, maybe you did not go to the kind of homosexual finishing school I went to. Maybe you went to more Buffy the L word, like contemporary-ish homosexual finishing school. I went to clearly to the one I went to, which is knowing about Tallulah Bankhead and being like, I gotta see the little foxes. I wanna watch Lifeboat. Give me the Tallulah times. But yeah, she's the, she is uh, not just a, 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 a lady who goes around saying darling. She's also the hot Southern, like as in from Alabama, bisexual who called herself am bisexual actress who was kicked out of Catholic, a Catholic convent as a teen for trying to seduce a nun and did cartwheels pantyless constantly to the point people complained and were like girl please put on some panties I'm trying to watch your play not your pussy yes that tulu bank head is a ghost who teaches children about self-esteem by sending them on little errands for her and the word that they use to get she gives them the gift of invisibility and so that they can you know uh bother a former like uh, so she's like basically like chasing down a bunch of street buskers and a ventriloquist dummy features way too heavily in this like there's a very unfunny uh sequence where Tallulah acts out the ventriloquist dummies show and for the delight of the, uh, the two children, Malcolm and Jean Marie, and uh, yeah, she's like this. Here's a perfect, Im perfect imitation of this darling ventriloquist dummy, darling. Uh, you know, and she did this the whole act, both and those voices. That's the kind. I'm like, I don't know if that's realistic. Um, but anyways, she, if, if you also, if you want to get a better idea of who she is, let me give you some quotes and then do our, uh, do our, uh, commercial and then we're going to do a wacky fact. Yes. So anyways, so here's a Tallulah Bankhead quote. My father warned me about men and booze, but he never said anything about women and cocaine. And then after she got a hysterectomy for severe gonorrhea that she claims to have gotten from Gary Cooper, she said, turned and said to her doctor, don't think this has taught me a lesson, as she walked out of the hospital a frail 70 pounds, that level of severe gonorrhea. We love Tallulah, she's wild, 
And, uh, but you know what else is wild? Uh, the solution that I will, to a problem that I am about to suggest with this call for donations so that you can help BFF.FM hire the most, you know, like, cutting edge, um, like, he gets results, human rights lawyers, so they can get me off the show finally. Like, they're, we gotta take it to the UN. Like, it's the only way they're getting out of this Iranian hostage crisis. I gotta make that joke, I'm Iranian. Um, but it's the only way out, baby, because until then, you're stuck. And if you would like to get unstuck, you can listen to the, uh, next part of my script that I should read directly from instead of deviating from. Um, I am now reading from the script. Have you considered donating to BFF.FM yet? You should. Not only is this such a unique community radio station that reflects and respects the diversity of the Bay Area, but it keeps weirdos like me busy so that we don't open up an animal sanctuary for furries. Get yourself down to BFF.FM slash donate, where you can send a one-time donation or set up a monthly recurring donation and be a bestie with benefits. Furry benefits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of people dressed up in fursuits but in a publicly condoned way, our next whack, our first segment, and God, I hope I get to it. This at least a little bit. This is one of my worst times, but we're trying. Um, is uh, we're gonna do this wacky fact. Uh, where, hey, it's okay to wear fursuits uh, versus, you know, the plight of the furry, which is why we need the animal sanctuaries for them. They need some rest. They need a home. They gotta get put out to pasture, you know? Um, anyways, the wacky fed. Let me just read from, I am now reading from the script again to indicate to you the listeners of A Hairy Home Companion here on BFF.FM, the show where I, Don Arky, am the most toasted hosted, and I sound like an EVT tape of a ghosted. So, you know, I know, real disjointed. What, what are they saying? What are these little chirps in the background? I sound like the first EVT VP tape, yes. Like I said, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do more live shows at Silver Sprocket Comics because they do do exorcisms. So I would like to remain on this mortal coil so that I now can read. Uh, I would not, yeah. I would like to read you from the script to tell you about my first and last, god damn it, segment, which is Wacky Facts. Yes. So our. Uh, the script is being read from now. Our first segment is Wacky Facts, Latin name Wackiest Facticus. Each week, Mindstone Ass learns you a weird and interesting fact about everyday subjects. Every sub. Sorry, whoa, stone to the bone. Like I said, we don't do false advertising here. 
on a hairy home companion, but we do sound like preachers telling you about the dangers of false idols, so, you know. I know I can sound like a country preacher with a secret sometimes here, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, you will learn an interesting, wacky fact from every subject possible, from animals to history and everything in between this week's wacky fact, which I am claiming is rare, but I don't know if it is, but it's been really freaking people out, and I'm also doing it in the hopes that... The, you know, another tradition here in Atevka is that if I bring up somebody on this show, they're gonna die real soon. And you will see why. Because this wacky fact is, did you know the horrible, long-living, immortal, apparently, war criminal Henry Kissinger used to sell popcorn at Disneyland to blow off steam from, you know, being a genocidal, horrible maniac. Um, you know, more when he, cause, uh, yeah, he, he would do it and he didn't have to wear a disguise or anything. Like, basically, uh, he used to really love going to Disneyland in general. And one night he was wearing like, a coat that the employees at Disneyland were wearing because he forgot his and he was cold and he was walking around with like a security guard and like a Disneyland like guide and then this lady like was not paying attention and goes up to all of them and is like where's the restrooms and then old evil Henry Kissinger said almost there and he apparently got such a kick from giving her directions to the bathroom that he was like, I would like to, you know, I would like to sell, I would like to be an employee here. What can you have me do? And they're like, well, you can sell popcorn. And I'm like, damn, what? You know, speaking of those Frenchie films where like the trajectory of the world would change, what if Henry Kissinger just, like, discovered this sooner? Like, instead of becoming, like, an evil war criminal and who loves coups, you know, and stuff, um, like, why couldn't he have been, like, instead of a coup leader, why couldn't he have been a crew leader at Trader Joe's, you know? Like, why couldn't he have been like the best retail and or service person like the 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 cashier who puts a pep in your step and makes your day every day in every way possible like that could have been his the star he reached but no like but maybe he would have been i don't know i don't know what to think about this man He could have also been like, maybe like the war criminal, war criminalness, Inher- is in him is inherent. Like he'd be the best, you know, to you, the customer, but the worst to his coworkers. We don't know. In the spec, that's the speculative fiction E.L. Konigsberg should have written instead of being like, what would happen if Tallulah Banks' head's ghost 
taught kids how to stand up to bullies by using a witchy remark befitting the Algonquin round table. Yes, for the smart sets, because bullies are frightened by that. Also, everybody talks like, and even there's like, everyone talks like Tallulah Bankhead in the book, like all the dialogue. It's very, well, you know the difference because some of them have British accents, and then, but the ventriloquist guy sounds kind of the same as the like, the trash man, and who sounds the same as the little boy. It is a very confusing book. You'll see. But anyways, um, back to this what sounds like a speculative fiction, but at night, we don't need to talk about the real speculative fiction. Let's talk about the way that real life seems like a speculative fiction. So yeah, Henry Kissinger, war criminal at large. Um, I, you know, if you know anyone who's ever been like, I swear to God, when I went to Disneyland, like in the 70s, Henry Kissinger gave me my popcorn because the thing is, is like, Henry Kissinger, like, he didn't wear a disguise, if you're wondering, like, so basically Disney was like, we're gonna set you up with a popcorn cart and a uniform, and you can come whenever you want, and he would go all the goddamn time and, like, blow off steam, just being like, how can I commit more atrocities, you know, like, I'm so worried, while scooping popcorn and being like, have a nice day, yeah, so maybe, yeah, you know, he, 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 Henry Kissinger contains multitudes, I don't know what to make of this man, but, um, yeah, and then all the, every single customer would, like, do a double take, because he'd still be wearing his goddamn glasses, and, like, is that Henry Kissinger, there's no way, there's no fucking way! That that could be Henry Kissinger serving me popcorn at Disneyland. That's just like, you know, oh my god, I'm in one of those French films. I'm in like Code Unknown and I'm, all our lives are intersecting. Oh my god, like, or like that episode of The Simpsons where they do the same thing. It's just like that. Oh my god. But, uh, and there's something that led this guy who just happens to look like Henry Kissinger to really commit to the bit, and I just ended up at Disneyland through these, you know, this kind of chance, and this, you know, is a chance of fate, you know? Who knows? Is, is it both? Are they the different? Or the, well, that's the kind of, because, like, I think anyone would go through that thought process if they were just like, did Henry Kissinger just give me popcorn? Like, I would, my mind would melt like that, you know? Um... And you can't help but wonder, like, did he sub at Subway? Did he show up in other places? Was he, like, was he, like, there at your birthday party? Stepping, like, when the Chuck E. Cheese robot would break down and he's like, don't worry, I got this. Copter me in, boys. I'm gonna be there and put me in the Chuck E. Cheese fursuit. I'm gonna dance around. You know, to blow some steam because boy, installing Pinochet is taking is a lot harder than I thought. Like, where, where is, what has he been doing? But yeah, and then, um, like, yeah, he was just selling popcorn at Disneyland all the goddamn time, and like, everyone did a double take literally every time, but they just were like, there's no fucking way. So that's how he got away with it. 
And then another thing was like apparently he really Ugh, I keep coming upon uncomfortable truths, which is that me and Henry Kissinger have the same favorite ride at Disneyland. We both love the Matterhorn, and that sucks to know about yourself, but that's just who I am. Oh god, is it, the, is it a mock of being uh, the beast? Is it to have a, a shared... I mean, because Disneyland and Disney is pretty evil. Like, I'm not... Don't be surprised. They're a horrible corporation uh, doing horrible evil things beyond what uh, you can conceptualize. But I'll tell you the rest. I'll tell you another Henry Kissinger Disney uh, wacky fact in next week's Retractions and Corrections. And I had so much fun with everybody today here on a Harry Home Companion. Where it could be actually, you know, I could be Henry Kissinger, actually, like, with the voice modulator right now, and, you know, this is some kind of, you know, weird psychological experiments I'm doing for the military, I don't know, I'm French now, you know, like, so I could really help do some evil shit, you know, I'm really, like, yeah, so it's, hey, it's, uh, sorry, it's been me, Henry Kissinger, the entire time here on Henry Kissinger's show on BFF.FM called the Harry Home Companion. Um, I love blood. I'm evil. I don't know what to say as Henry Kissinger because um, it's hard to be Don Arky, I can tell you. But then you gotta wonder, has it been me the entire time, Henry Kissinger, or, you know, using a voice modulator to, like, torture the poor denizens of BFF.FM, or, you know, was there a real Donna? Where are they? That's the real Iranian hostage crisis, because there's an Iranian being held hostage by Henry Kissinger for nefarious purposes, and only you can fix it stop it whatever Smokey the bear says i don't know what that guy says yeah he's a bear like i don't need to listen to him uh, maybe i should maybe that's my problem well that was a very fu fun time we had to get it together i uh, love you all be good eat good food learn about the protests in iran uh and yeah have a good week